Hello, everyone. Welcome to the debut episode of Belly Up Fantasy Live Hockey Edition. Yeah, what's new? It's, it's uh, grass is green, water's wet. Conor McDavid's doing the league with in points. In that first period, and they've been able to hang on to the lead. Here's Evander Kane trying to get away from Chikrin. He's gone. Speaking of coaching, really quick, I'm curious to see if the situation with Vegas right now. Their coaches are all in COVID protocol. They Jason, round out the power play One other thing I noticed, especially with the time on ice, you know, you look at Bo Horvat, he's got under 19 minutes, and then Mitch Marner has over 24 minutes. Good evening, everyone. Hockey fans everywhere. Welcome to Belly Up Fantasy Live Hockey Edition. I'm your host, Ryan McCarthy. And with me, I've got Alex Nuttall of the Cannons and Tomahawks podcast. Alex, how are you doing tonight, bud? Doing great. Doing great. It's been a pretty busy week and weekend of hockey, so ready to get started. Yeah, absolutely. We're going we're gonna to get to uh, we're going to get to our uh, our our uh, our show in just a, just a moment. Uh, we'll just give you the format real quick of what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to do the same format we've been doing last couple last couple times we've been on. Uh, we're going to go over the standings real quick. We're going to go over uh, who's hot, who's not, and who to drop and who to add. Uh, Alex wrote a really cool article on uh, on BellyUpFantasySports.com this weekend, and he's been getting a lot of notice about that. We'll talk about that and just uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll also go over go over the uh, the top. 10 waiver wire pickups as well as the top scorers and the top scorers and uh, amongst forwards and defensemen in the league. So let's go over to the standings real quick. And we'll talk about the, uh, the mass mutual East. Uh, first of all, we got the New York Islanders, the hottest team in the NHL currently sitting atop with 42 points followed by Washington. They've got 38. They've won four in a row. Pittsburgh, just as hot as the Islanders, although they've won only five in a row. They're slowly climbing up the standings with 35 points. Boston has tumbled, tumbled a little bit. They're actually in fourth place with 32 points. Philadelphia, who I've considered kind of a disappointment considering I picked them for the Stanley Cup final this year. They currently sit in fifth place just just behind the Bruins with 29 points. The Rangers have 25 points. At the bottom of the standings, the new my New Jersey Devils with 20 points and Buffalo all the way down at the bottom with 16 points, literally dragging behind. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go over this mass mutual East division. Uh, Alex, looking from the standings here, are, are you just as shocked as I am about the, how the Islanders have done the last 10 over the last? Uh, so here's their record over the last, they've won their last nine. They're undefeated in their last ten. What do you, what's is it is the are the Islanders the biggest surprise in the NHL right now? Absolutely, they are they are steamrolling everybody. I think you know seeing the last ten, they're nine zero and one. But the biggest surprise to me is their home record. They're twelve zero and two at home. They have yeah. yet to lose in regulation at home, and that's pretty surprising. You know when you get down and look at other teams like Tampa Bay, they're ten two and zero. So it's the Islanders kind of came out of nowhere on top of losing Anders Lee for an undetermined amount of time recently. Right. And, and they have in last. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you here, uh, but yesterday they lost uh, one of their guys. They got, who got put on COVID protocol right before the game. Uh, mm-hmm. And they went, still wound up beating the, the mining Jersey devils in, in a, in a shootout. But yeah, this, this record is just insane. 12 0 and two at home. Yeah. I mean, it, considering, yeah, like, like you said, Alex, who they've, who they've lost uh, and Anders Lee. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, I, I think part, and the big part of it here is their goal differential. Their yeah. goal differential is plus twenty two. Yeah, it's it's pretty impressive. You know, they're playing some really really good hockey lately, and they're you know they're backing it up. It's they're talking about it, but man, they're backing it up. But they are flying under the radar. Nobody's talking about them. Everyone is talking about Florida and Toronto, especially, but no one's talking about the Islanders at all. And no, they are no. destroying that that division right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, 
yeah, the Islanders have climbed up from, I think they were, at one point, they're, what, sixth place in the Mass Mutual East, and now they're all the way up to number one. They sit 19-6 with four overtime losses. Right behind them is Washington. They've been pretty consistent in the last, over the last, uh, over this first part of the season. They're 17-6-4 with 38 points. Pittsburgh's coming along, too surprisingly sneaky they I, I picked them to be out of the playoff race this year but they've been surprisingly sneaking up a lot of, on a lot of people uh, just like the islanders they have a pretty good home record too yeah yeah that's pretty impressive I, there, there's a couple teams in there that are in the east in general that are big surprises you know the islanders are a big surprise from the positivity side and then philadelphia i don't know what happened with them yeah. they're kind of squeaking down but pittsburgh is an interesting study this year because everyone thought that they were going to be lower than they are. You know, you lose Patrick Hornquist and you lose a couple other guys. You're thinking, okay, well, these guys are going to go, you know, they're going to be closer to the bottom of the league, especially the drama with the general manager earlier in the year. Yeah. They thought, oh, well, they're going to be a little bit worse. And, you know, they're kind of surprising some people right now being in third place. So, yeah, I, I, I didn't think they would have enough defensively and I, th- I thought their goaltending was too young, but they put they've put it together. They put together a solid team, a solid team effort. They've won their last five in a row. They're seven, three, and oh the last in the last ten. But let's look at the number four and five teams. Boston has they've tumbled. They've tumbled quite a bit. In their last ten, they're four four with four and four with two overtime losses. So they basically have only won four out of the last ten games. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. I I have no idea what would contribute to that. I don't watch the Bruins a ton. Um, you know, I know they started off pretty decent. Uh, there have been some things back and forth here with Tuka Rask and, um, Halak, you know, either they're getting hurt or they go in COVID protocol or anything like that. So their goaltending has been a little weird this year. I think they are starting to realize how much of a hole that they did lose after getting rid of Chara and Tori Krug though. Yeah. Yeah. Their their defense is also pretty young. Uh, Charlie McAvoy is, now the the anchor of that defense, he's starting to, you know, he's starting to feel the effects of not having Chara beside him mm-hmm. uh, or, or along with them in the lineup. And then Philly, like you mentioned, Alex, they've taken. I don't know if it's their goaltending, their lack of scoring, their defense. I don't know what's going on there. They're sitting thirteen nine and th- with three overtime losses. Their goal differential is like literally they're even. <laughs> their yeah. goal differential is zero. So they can score a lot of goals, but they also allow a lot of goals. They're very reminiscent of the early 80s uh, NFL San Diego Chargers in that regard. Yeah. They give up a lot of points, and they score a lot of points. So, I think, the to me, the biggest surprise on the Flyers this year uh, through the entire team has been Kevin Hayes. He has not <laughs> been good at all this year. I mean, I've got him on one of my fantasy teams, and he's not doing overly well. He, I mean, he's, he's averaging, what, 1.7 points a game, but mm-hmm. – he, I think he's not meeting a lot of expectations at all. You know, he has one goal in his last five games, three points in his last five games. He's not doing great at all by any means. Now, and another per, another one is uh, who's not doing well is uh, Carter Hart. He was expected to be a Vezina candidate uh, at some point during the season, but he's been, you know, we, we watched it. You watched the game at Lake Tahoe. As you uh, as you broadcasted on Colorcast on the Colorcast app, he got lit up yeah, in that did. game, and he's not performing. He's not playing to the uh, to the to the heights that he was expected to play. Yeah, he's it, he's been rough this year. Yeah, and then you got to the bottom three with the uh, Rangers, the New Jersey Devils, and the Buffalo Sabers. There's been a lot of rumors lately in regards to where Jack Eichel could wind up. Do you think he's getting going to be traded on uh, before April 12th or on April 12th? I personally don't anymore, and here's why. Uh, mm-hmm. With him getting injured and he's going to be hurt and out for an undetermined amount of time, nobody's going to mm-hmm. waste any picks on him to try and bolster their lineup this season. If he gets traded, it's going to be in the offseason. But especially with um, Eichel getting hurt, and he's going to be out. They said it's a, a week-to-week case, but it looks a little bit longer term. I'd say closer to six to eight weeks. Nobody's mm-hmm. going to waste any picks on trying to get him 
And okay, well, we still need to wait three weeks for him to come over. No, it's not really what you want to do. And then after the injury, you have no idea how he's going to play this year. Yeah. So if he gets traded, which I right now, I think it's about a 50, 50, in my opinion, um, it's going to be in the off season. I don't think it'll happen during the year. No, I, yeah, I, I agree. I agree in that regard. Only and the reason why I say that is because, and I wrote this in a in an article on BellyUpSports.com earlier this last I think it was earlier this month. I said the only way that Buffalo is going to trade the uh, trade Eichel is if somebody offers them pretty much the next three first round picks and maybe an elite player because yeah. they're going to want a lot. That is a high asking price for him for sure. Yeah. But there yeah. are teams that will do that. You know, I know a lot of teams have a ton of picks. Like I know, if I remember correctly, I think not that he's going to go there, but like Ottawa has a ton of picks over the next mm-hmm. three or four seasons. But those are some teams like that that would be willing to give up. Now, will Eichel want to go there? No, but still, you know that these teams that are even remotely interested in him need to understand that that is a very high asking price for him. That's about the same as Connor McDavid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and with Taylor Hall getting a one-year deal for eight mil, uh, he's I can't, I don't remember if he's still in his tw- if he's still in his twenties, but but I think he's twenty-eight or twenty-nine. Jeez, I can't I, I can't believe how long he's been. <laughs> figure how long he's been in the league. It, it's just crazy to think that he's that he's been in the league that long. He's only he's only been in the playoffs twice. Yeah, but yeah, he is twenty-nine years old. Okay, so he I suspect he'll be trade he'll be traded before the trade deadline though. Not yeah. so much. Yeah, I could see Taylor Hall being a good um he could be a good rental for some teams, especially that need to bolster their offense or getting some extra help on the wing or something like that. But right. Um I I can see him being traded, even though he said that he would like to stay in Buffalo, but that's because he's done virtually nothing in Buffalo, so he wants to be able to get paid. No one else right. is gonna want to pay him what he's worth. No. And plus he's Relatively close to home. I think he's, I think I remember correctly. He's an Ontario guy, so I think he's relatively close to home. But yep, there, well, there's the, there's the Mass Mutual East. Uh, we're gonna go over to the Discover Central, where right now it's again like we talked about last time, Alex. It's arguably the 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 best division in the NHL right now. Carolina sits at top first place for the first of in the NHL. To 20 wins this year. They are currently 26 and 1, 41 points. They've won their last eight. Those, as, as Don Cherry once called them, those bunch of jerks <laughs> <laughs> have won their last eight in a row, just as hot as the New York Islanders, but off by a game. Sitting in second, actually tied for second right now, are Tampa with 40 points and Florida with 40 points. Uh, Tampa has the one has the win advantage with 19 wins. Florida has 18 wins. Chicago they sit in fourth place with 33 points. Columbus right behind them in fifth place. Your Columbus Blue Jackets fifth place with 29 points. Nashville is 20 has 25 points. They're in sixth place. Dallas is in seventh with 24. And sitting at the bottom of the Discover Central are the Detroit Red Wings with 20 points. Your you. Watch this division closer than I do, Alex. Other than Car- I mean, Carolina has is is shocking a lot. I, I mean, they're shocking me right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know if they shocked if, if they've if this is a shocking development with them winning twenty the first to 20, 20 wins. But what, like I said, you you follow this division closer than I do. What have you seen from this division that has kind of I don't know over the last couple of weeks have been has been uh, kind of a what what have you what have you seen <laughs> yeah it's i mean carolina is i feel like they're kind of like the islanders right now they're flying under the radar cuz carolina's sitting in an eight game win streak right now right. and nobody's really talking about it um mm-hmm. i think carolina is another one of those, one of those sleeper teams tampa is tampa we all know that yep overall the biggest surprise to me is florida because mm-hmm. of what's happened the last few years the last few years the last like 10 years with Florida, and then all of a sudden, you know, they get a couple pieces, and you don't think it's anything that good. You know, they get Patrick Hornquist, and then you know, four guys from the Blue Jackets. They get Alexander Winberg, Marcus Nudevara. Uh, you get Anthony Duclair on a one-year deal, and all of a sudden, they are doing very well. And I don't understand where it came from at all. Um, 
but they're they're probably the biggest surprise to me. And then, you know, I, I think Carolina, Carolina, Tampa Bay, and Florida are they've already solidified those top three spots. And I think that fourth spot in the playoffs is going to be either Chicago or Columbus. And it's probably leaning more towards Chicago unless Columbus can really turn it around right now. But mm-hmm. other than that, you know, and Dallas is kind of surprising, but at the same time, they're, you know, they're 500. So they have a better points percentage than the blue jackets, but they've also played six less games. So right. it's kind of hard to base their standings in all of this with the little amount of games they've played and things like that. But, you know, they, they keep playing really well against Columbus. So there's a very good chance that they can make it to the playoffs. If they don't hit that full 56 games and they just go off a points percentage. Yeah. We talked about home records. uh, And when we talked about the mass mass mutual East Carolina's home record is 10, one and one. Their away record is 10 and five. They have, they have they have equal wins for home and away. That's 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 a really good stat. That's a really impressive stat. Yeah. That's that's a stat that's going to help your team push to a Stanley Cup final. You know, it's being able to have that many wins at both home and away is yeah. good. You know, compared to like the Islanders have twelve wins at home but only seven away. Mm-hmm. So being able to match at ten and ten, that's very good. On top of you know they're four and zero in the shootout. Yeah. So that also helps, you know, they're able to close out these games when there's other teams that just can't. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And I asked you in the, in the last iteration of belly up fantasy hockey live, going to ask you again, does torts, does John Tortorella make the, does he make it to the end of the season? No, no. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. Okay. If he does, I, I will be very surprised. Um, I am seeing it. That's my answer now. And I'm giving it with about 50% certainty. I think what's sure. really going to answer my question with a lot of confidence behind it is what they decide to do at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. If they are just sellers, no, he won't. Okay. No way. Um, regardless, I don't think he's going to be back next year. I, I think the only way, only way he would consider coming back is if we win a Stanley Cup. And I really don't. That's I don't think we're going to be making the playoffs this year. All right. Yeah. If, uh, I, if I remember if I remember correctly, you were pretty positive he would stay the head coach. But as of as of recent times, they've only they've only got they, they broke out they, or what? Let's see. The last 10, three, five and two in their last 10. They won an overtime game last the, the last game. Goal differential is 19 minus 19 right now. It's yeah. the only the only one worse in that division is Detroit <laughs> and Nashville. Uh, Nashville's got their own problems. Is Detroit is still a young te- is a young team, but yeah. I mean, you don't you don't really see that a whole lot with John Tortorella teams. They're usually very disciplined. Yeah, I I somebody sent me something one time. They were looking at it to where you know Tortorella, whenever he goes to a team and he starts coaching a new team, he does great for about the first five seasons, and then he starts to fall off. Well, I said this. I said I said the exact same thing in my where article. we're at. Well, that's exactly where we're at because this is the mm-hmm. sixth season that he's been here, and it's exactly what's happening. Um, I think it's one of those things now to where his contract is up and Yarmo Kekalainen is having to make a decision of, okay, do I want to keep the same coach or do I want to keep a core of players? Mm-hmm. And I think now it's come to a point where the players are the more important thing that you need to keep because yeah. you know you get a guys like Patrick Laine who – is going to be a restricted free agent at the end of the year. Seth Jones, who is an unrestricted free agent next year. Oof. Elvis Merzlikens, Jonas Corposalo are both going to be gone next year. Nick Felino can be gone this year. Boone Jenner can be gone next year. Like I think out of our entire roster, there are only two guys that are signed past the end of – or three guys that are signed past the end of next year, and one of them is just one extra year. It's mm. our, con- our contract situation is not pretty at all. Mm. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. So let's go. Let's move on to the next division, which is the Scotia North. Sitting in first place right now are the Toronto Maple Leafs. They have forty points, but they're slipping. They're starting to slip a little bit. They lost. They've lost their last two. Uh, Winnipeg is starting to climb the ladder. Uh, they're seventeen, eight, and two, thirty-six points. They're tied with Edmonton. Uh, Edmonton has thirty-six 
uh, 36 points in 30 games. Winnipeg's only played 27. So right now Winnipeg owns the tiebreaker because of less games played, even though they have uh, they have not uh, – they don't have as many wins, but they haven't played as many games. Montreal still hanging on in fourth place with 31 points. Calgary is after – after a coaching change, they're, they've won the last two. They're currently sitting in fifth with 29 points. Vancouver right behind them in sixth with 28 points. And Ottawa, the caboose at 21 points, although they've won one in a row. It's This is a very interesting division, uh, Alex. And I, Edmonton has not gone to overtime or a shootout this year. They're literally just win loss, <laughs> eighteen and twelve with no overtime losses and no shootout losses. They have not been to overtime at all this year, which is sort of strange. But Winnipeg slowly climbed the ladder, and Montreal is kind of floundering a little bit. Even with the coaching change, they're still they've lost their last two. Calgary starting to kind of pick things up a little bit. But uh, is this status quo? Is this do you think it's going to be status quo for the rest of the year? Do you think Winnipeg catches up to, to catches up to uh, do they catch up to 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 Toronto? Um, I don't know, honestly. I I think they do up until I'd say the next couple weeks, and then okay. I can see Toronto making a maybe a trade or two in the by the trade deadline, but I think. Ultimately, I think Winnipeg will take over and they'll end the season in first place because, you know, I think there are there's already rumors swirling around. For example, one of them is they want to get David Savard, the Columbus Blue Jackets defenseman. Mm-hmm. They w- want to try and trade for him to bring him in as a rental for the rest of the year. And you know, it, if they can make some decent trades and build their blue line a little bit better. I do see them taking over Toronto. Uh, I, don't, I don't see Toronto falling. I, I would say they're in second very close but i i see winnipeg passing him all day well we already got a comment from uh little boomer cbj he says that winnipeg's gonna pass toronto see blue jackets fans we think alike <laughs> i can see that i can see that <laughs> uh, yeah i'm looking at this division and it's it's you know it's it's a it's a it's going to be wild. I think it's going to be a wild ending, uh, to be honest with you. We, we've uh, most of these teams have are getting to their midway point of the season, or they're at their midway point of the season, or they've gone over already uh, because because a lot of these teams have had uh, they've literally had no pro, no COVID protocol issues except for Winnipeg had that little scare in the beginning of the year, but which is why they've only had twenty seven games. Montreal's only played twenty seven games as well, yeah. but. There have been little to no COVID protocol scares with many of these teams. Yep. So, so right now it's 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 uh, yeah it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be a race to the finish for sure. I mean, Winnipeg. I expected Winnipeg to be out of the playoff race this year. Uh, Calgary's disappointing. Uh, I I picked them to finish first. Uh, Edmonton. I had predictably had them finishing second. Toronto, Montreal rounding up the two the two. Uh, the top uh, two, but yeah, this is going to be this is going to be a, this is a wild division. Yeah. If you're, if, I mean, I, I don't, I don't have uh, center ice, but I do have ESPN Plus, and they do have Canadian Canadian division, the uh, North Division games every so often, and they're fun to watch. They they are. I love watching those games, and yeah, no, it. I absolutely agree. It is going to be a race to the finish in the North, and even Edmonton is a part of that too, because I think if they can. If they make a trade for a goaltender to try and give Miko Koskinen a little bit of a break, I think that they can easily make that push. Also, yeah, I, I, I'm gonna. I'm I'm interested to see what's gonna happen with the trade deadline. Uh, and to see, actually, I'm interest, interested to see if they, if they make any moves. Either of these teams make any moves right now because with the North Division teams, you have to wait. 14, you have to wait two full weeks to quarantine to join your teammates. Well, I think that was, and if that, you know, 
I want to look all of that up because I thought it was the same, but especially when we made the trade with Winnipeg, with Columbus traded with Winnipeg. Um, I know Patrick Line and Jack Roslevic had since they came over privately. I don't. I I I know there's something different where when you come over privately. So for example, Columbus sent their private jet to Ottawa to get Patrick Line. He came over. He had a 48 hour quarantine and two negative tests. I think it might be the same, especially if you travel privately. So you're not having to go through the public area of an airport or anything like that. But mm-hmm. I, I want to look that up and confirm that because if so, that, that all is going to play into it for sure. Um, you know, if they make a trade with a team in the United States, yes, there's going to be a quarantine that is going to have to take place. Mm-hmm. And then most likely if they trade with really anybody, even in someone in Canada, it's going to have to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for if for me, uh, for Edmonton especially, I think their goaltending still needs a little bit help. Uh, with Mike Smith, Mike Smith's 38 years old. Yeah, he's playing admirably right now. Uh, but he, their goaltending's streaky. I mean, they have yeah. a 13. They have a 13 goal differential right now. They've scored 100 goals. They've allowed 87. That is the third most in the North Division right now. So. I think if Edmonton's going to make a run, they've got to improve their goaltending. They got to do it soon. Absolutely. Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, Koskinen is thirty-two. Mike Smith thirty-eight. Yeah. You know, you're not seeing a lot of goaltending tandems that are that old. You know, not that yeah. that's terribly old, but normally you'll see. The only okay, one I can think of is Boston. Yeah. With Halak and and uh, and uh, Tukarask. But those two are unusually good. Yes. Uh, <laughs> But I yeah, I could see – see, that's the thing. I don't know if they're going to do it now or at the end of the season because at the end of the season, Mike Smith, his contract is up, and he's 38. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think they'll re-sign him. And I, th- I could see him re-signing somewhere like a Detroit-type thing as a one-year, you know, backup situation for somebody. But they need a young goaltender. You know, I've seen a lot of stuff, not to bring up Columbus again, but – that Edmonton <laughs> is interested in trying to get Jonas Corposalo because mm-hmm. he is a very good goalie. He's only 26 and he has a low cap hit something along those lines. If they can get somebody like that and then maybe build their blue line with one extra person, I think they, they could actually be very, very dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even their defense has been con- contributing with goals with uh, Darnell nurse. He's been especially good this year on the offensive side. Um, they might need another blue liner just to kind of solidify things. Uh, and I think maybe a, a, a defenseman and another goaltender just kind of, just kind of, just kind of uh, solidify things. I think Edmonton can make a solid run uh, towards the playoffs. Uh, Montreal. Uh, I don't know what they need. They're a slight kick in the butt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cause they've been inconsistent, but they've only, they've only played 27 games and they have 31 points in 27 games. So, but they've lost their last two, the three, three and four in the last 10. Calgary starting to pick things up a little bit after their goal at their I dimension their uh their their coaching change. Daryl Sutter's back in the league, uh coming off the farm, back in the league. Vancouver's starting to make make a little bit of a run. Um, I don't think that uh, I mean, unless they you know, if they want to play Montreal again, and Todd Toffoli is part owner of the Vancouver Canucks right now. He scored most <laughs> of his goals this year against Vancouver. Uh, Ottawa, they're your young team. It's going to be growing pains for a bit, but there's some there's some players to note that are uh, that are notable on that side that are you got to watch out for. Uh, that you got to watch out for. Yeah. Particularly uh, was it Matthew was it Matthew Kachuk? Not Matthew Kachuk. Uh, Brady. Yep. One of the Kachuk brothers. I can't remember which one. Plays. I think was it Brady plays for Ottawa. Matthew plays for Calgary. Correct. Okay. All right, and just try to remember that. And uh, that one kid, uh, that one kid who's who scored uh, not not uh, not Stutzley, but uh, Matheson. I can't remember his name. Matheson or Matheson. Um, Drake Batherson. Drake Batherson. Yes, yeah. he's got. He's one other other player to watch. So he's doing really well, especially in the fantasy world. He's doing mm-hmm. insanely good, and a lot. No one's picking him up because he plays for Ottawa, but. He's doing Why? really <laughs> well. Because he plays for Ottawa. That's, that's nuts. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem. He's on 60% of rosters right now. That's Oof. insane. Like, I have him, and he's averaging 1.9 points a game. 
I mean, he's doing really well. Yeah. Well, we'll get we'll get into the sleepers. We'll get into the, the players to pick up in just a just a couple moments. But let's look at the Honda West as the last part of the of the uh, divisionals divisional side. Uh, currently sitting in first place with thirty seven points of the Vegas Golden Knights. They have thirty seven points right behind them. You have three teams within four points of the Golden Knights. You have Minnesota, thirty five points, second place. Colorado, third place, 34 points. St. Louis, 33 points. Then you'll have Los Angeles and Arizona tie with 28. San Jose at 25. Anaheim with 22. Let's talk about the top three teams in this division. Vegas, they've won the last two. They're 8-2 in their last 10. Minnesota, 7-2-1 in their last 10. They've won four in a row. Colorado's won three in a row. They're 7-2-1 in their last 10. Uh, St. Louis, they're they're they've been slipping a little bit, but they're they're four three and three in the last ten, but they're ten and two, ten two and two away from home. That's a crazy stat. Yeah, yeah. it's there's some crazy stuff going on over there. Yeah, um, I mean, in my opinion, most notably with Minnesota. Yeah, what, where did that come from? They are, as I said before, I said the last, I said the last time we met, we all had our had our uh, had our podcast, had our live show. They're no longer boring. No, they're not a boring team to watch anymore. I love watching their games, especially, you know, Kirill Kaprizov. The kid yep. is insane. He's the points leader on the team. Yep, with twenty four points. It's, it's insane. The kid is crazy, and he just got his first hat trick earlier in the week, too, last week. Uh, that was really cool. I happened to catch the last goal of that, and that was that was pretty sweet. You know, there's no empty netters or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if, you know, he's picking it up. Matt Zuccarello, since he came back, he's been good. Joel Erickson, like, that team is definitely a sleeper in the West. And they are playing very, very well right now. Yeah, yeah. The the West is going to be is I mean, also another fun to another another division's fun to watch. Los Angeles, even though they're in fifth place right now, they're plus one goal differential. <laughs> They've scored seventy nine goals. They've allowed seventy eight. They lost the last two. They're three, four, and three in the last ten. Uh, but they're I, I think. Do you think they might catch up catch St. Louis or Colorado? I think it'll be close, honestly. Um, I think that's going to depend on what happens with all the injuries in St. Louis. They have a, yeah. a quite a few guys that are hurt right now. If they get them back, probably not. But I, regardless, I think this is a good stepping stone for Los Angeles. You know, coming off of last year, they did not play well at all, yeah. and coming into this this season, they're doing a lot better than expected. I think I had them in seventh place. Uh, my preseason predictions and mm-hmm. you know, the, it's the granted they're only in fifth, but they're doing a lot better than I thought they would. Um, yeah. A lot of that, again, it's going to depend on St. Louis, what happens there. But I think if Los Angeles can kind of keep the pace up, I, I think they could. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Arizona's sitting right behind them at 28. Yeah. I, San Jose, they're, in, they're at 25 points there. They've won their last three in a row. Uh, a lot of people had them at the, towards the bottom or around the bottom of the, of the division. Uh, not surprising there, but they've won their last three. So there's a little bit of hope right there. They're actually, actually at 500 with 11 wins, 11 losses. They're also at three overtime losses. Um, fun fact <laughs> about this division. Minnesota and Colorado have not gone on to a shootout. Wow. They're one of they're one of only one two three four. One of only four teams that have not gone to a shootout this year. The so it's Minnesota, Colorado, Toronto, and Edmonton. Oh, None and of those teams have gone. Oh wait, and Detroit. Yep. They've not they've not had a shutout. They've not had a shootout yet this wow. year. But they're also eight and seventeen. <laughs> but. <laughs> But yeah, it's just it's just, this is a uh, the West is also another division. Mean, all these division races are, are 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 fun to watch this year. Yeah, yeah, they are. It's I'm glad. Obviously, we were able to play this year. Regardless. Yeah, me too. But 
I think the way they laid out the divisions is really good. And it's, it's exciting, especially seeing these teams play each other eight, nine, 10 times throughout the season. It's, it gets really exciting. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So we're about a little more than half an hour in, but let's go to, let's, let's go over this article that, Alex, you wrote this week for fan, bellyupfantasysports.com. Uh, we're starting to pick things up with what he said. Well, at least Alex is starting to pick things up on the fantasy side for uh, for for hockey. Uh, you listed some of the – you did a mid-year review of some of the NHL fantasy sleepers, and I kind of want to go over with them, uh, with them, over them with you. If you want to read the full article, go to bellyupfantasysports.com. Check out that article. It's a fa- it's a fascinating read. Uh, but he's But Alex has listed five of the biggest fantasy sleepers this year. Let's go over them in order. Capo Kakinen, Minnesota. What stood out? I mean, obviously, other than the stats, what kind of stood out? What what stood out to you uh, for in regards to his performance this year? Yeah, no. So I think the biggest thing is, you know, with Minnesota, the biggest portion of that was they lose Devin Dubnik and they get Cam Talbot. Okay, mm-hmm. so you're thinking, all right, he's the starter. No one really cares about the backup goalie. Fair enough. Right. It, it's understandable. It happens a lot. Well, the problem is they got Capo Kakinen and they brought him up. This kid has been on fire. He's 11 and four with a 219 goals against and a 922 save percentage. Hmm. And he has one shutout. He is doing all of his stats are better than Cam Talbot. You know, the, this kid is uh, 24 years old and this is his second season. He played, I think, four games last year. So it wasn't considered his rookie year, but the statistics for all of that and on top of Minnesota, not supposed to be where they're at now kind of throws it off. But from the fantasy side of it, he's doing really well. I mean, he's getting a high percentage of points every single game. And it's, it's one of those things that you can't not you can't just not notice at right. all. He's averaging 3.9 points per game as from, you know, from the goaltending perspective, he's got a total of 58 points. This is on through ESPN, but you know, in, in his last seven days, he has started two games. He's won two games. He has a 943 save percentage and a 1.51 goals against average. Like, the the guy the kid is very very good but nobody knows who he is because I think part of it while it's jokingly you think of Capo and then you're like oh Capo Caco no <laughs> one thinks about this guy I had no idea who he was until I'd say about a month or so ago my co-host uh, Zach Martin from the Kansas and Tomahawks podcast we were sitting there talking and we, we we're in the same fantasy fantasy league and we were going to trade and I said who's this goalie that you have. He's like, oh, it's this guy from Minnesota. So I started looking at it. I was like, holy crap, he's good. He's yeah, he's very good. Yeah, yeah, he's been it's very it's been very impressive with his stats so far this year. So the second person you have, the second player you have on your, on your list is another Minnesota uh, Wild. Is one of his Minnesota Wild teammates. It's not who you think. Uh, it's not. It's not. It's not uh, Kirill Kiprasov, but it's Matt Zuccarello, the Norwegian superstar, Matt Zuccarello. What has stood out to you in terms of again, aside from his stats, what has stood out to you as as a as a as a mid as a fantasy sleeper? Yeah. So he was out for the first chunk of games due to injury. He had a he had surgery in the off season. Mm-hmm. And he, he was ahead of schedule, and he came back a little bit early. Since he came back, the guy is averaging over one point, one NHL point per game. Mm-hmm. And he's got, I think, 18 points in 15 games. Mm-hmm. And he's he's come back, and he, he looks like a brand-new player. He's playing very well. You know, Granted, he lost a couple of guys. You know, you lose your captain with Miko Koivu. But you also got some other guys as well. That came in. You got Nick Bugstag, you got Nick Benino, and you know now you have Kirill um, Kaprizov. Like you're you're coming in with energetic players. It's a little bit different than the I don't want to say the culture, but what they had going on there before. And he's having fun. You can tell he's having fun, mm-hmm. and he's he's enjoying being back, and he's kind of making up for the time he lost. 
you know, he's yep. most guys have played 26 games and he's only played 15 and he's right yep. up there with them in points. Yep. So the top three leaders in, in terms of skaters for, uh, for points this year uh, for the, for the wild kill Kiprasov, 10 goals, 14 point, 14 assists, 24 points. Jordan Greenway defense that I believe defenseman, uh, he is nope left wing sorry uh so he's uh left wing 26 games five goals 14 assists 19 points and zuccarello as you mentioned alex 15 games played four four goals 14 assists 18 points and he's also a plus nine that's pretty impressive that's a pretty impressive stat line yeah especially in 15 games that you know plus nine is kind of hard to pull off in 30 games or something in 15 games that's <laughs> that's really good yeah yeah, so that's a that's, that's his second player to watch out for. Your third player to watch out for is uh, not actively playing. Unfortunately, he's uh, he suffered a wrist injury during the World Juniors. It's Kirby Dash or T- Kirby Dash uh, for Chicago. What can you tell us? What can you tell us about him? What 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 do you think makes him a sleeper in in, this, in, uh, in fantasy leagues? So with Kirby Doc, I think the biggest thing with that Kirby Doc. Uh, the biggest thing with that, especially, is Chicago is very short on centers right now. And last year when he was playing, the kid was on fire. He was doing really well. Then you look and you see the production that he had in the World Juniors. And then on top of that, you know, you lose the amount of guys that Chicago lost. You lose Jonathan Taves. You lose Brent Seabrook and Duncan Keith. And you lose some of these other guys. You know, Dylan Strom was out for a while at the beginning. They don't have a lot of centers, and mm-hmm. don't um, Kirby Doc would come back and most likely be slotted in the number one or two center, possibly number one, depending on how he's doing. Well, with the production that you've seen from their top scores with Patrick Kane, Alex DeBrinkett, Dominic uh, Kubelik, and then Matthias Yanmark, he could instantly be showing progress and helping these guys even more so. So, you know, it's one of those things, yes, he's not playing, but – you know, looking into the future at the situation that is going on in Chicago and stuff like that, he could come back and be immediately a huge help to that team at up the middle. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And a couple more players. The fourth player on this list is Sam Reinhardt. I know watching him against New Jersey this year, he's been a New Jersey Devils killer, especially on the power play when the Devils had their struggles this year. But you have Sam Reinhardt on the list and you think, you see him. He's he plays on Buffalo, and with their record right now, they're 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 obviously on the obviously on the struggle bus, <laughs> and they've been on the struggle bus most of the season. But Sam Reinhart has been has been one guy you that you're watching right now. What what kind of stood out in your mind in regards to him? Um, a lot of it was just he's constantly putting up points, even though Buffalo's not winning games. You know, it's. He's got 24 games played with 11 goals and eight assists, which is pretty good. What I really looked at was the team stats. You know, he has 11 goals and eight assists. (laughs) Jack Eichel has two goals and 16 assists. Granted, (laughs) he has a lot of assists, but two goals. Taylor Hall with two goals. So he is the only one on the team. I mean, it's him. He has 11 goals. Victor Olofsson has eight. Everybody else has less than four. And it's it's crazy to see that. Now, if you look at the stats a little more, you know, the one thing that does not look good is, is he's sitting at a negative set or negative sixteen. But well, it's gonna get the, lower now because <clears throat> the Capitals just blanked the saber six nothing. <laughs> yeah. Speaking he's, of the Capitals, um Alex Ovechkin just tied for sixth place with the all time goals record. Good. Congratulations. Congratulations, uh, Ovi. <laughs> but yeah, with Reinhardt, it's one of those things that, you know, granted he plays on Buffalo, but looking at it from the fantasy world, he's averaging 1.9 points per game, which is a lot for a forward on Buffalo. You know, you don't see that very often. And he's not, he's only rostered at roughly just under 80%. So not everybody has him. But the biggest thing is he, he gets a lot of shots on goal. And mm-hmm. that's, that's what you want. You know, you get points for shots on goal. You get points for just about everything. The yeah. more shots you throw on net, yeah, you're going to get a bunch of points. Even if he doesn't score, he doesn't have to score. But it's it's one of those things that, 
you see him and you just don't think about Buffalo. When you're thinking of fantasy sleepers and stuff like that, you don't think about Buffalo and especially what's going on with their bigger guys this year, you know, with Jack Eichel, Taylor Hall. Um, and then you've got, who's the other one I was sitting there thinking? Jeff Skinner, the whole yep. drama with Jeff Skinner. You know, he's getting paid $39 million per point, it seems like. Oof. Um, it's it's just one of those things that, you know, he he stuck out to me when when I was looking at all this up. And he really stuck out to me. He's tied for lead on the on Buffalo, so it's he's one of those guys just to keep your keep your eyes on for the rest of the season. Yeah, uh, stat line tonight for Sam Reinhart: zero goals, zero point, zero points, minus four, one Oof. shot on goal. Yeesh. Not a great night. <laughs> no. Same for Victor Olofsson: uh, negative four, one shot on goal, one hit though. Uh, Reinhart had no hits. <laughs> All right, the last guy, the last guy we you looked at was a was somebody that isn't exactly a household name right now, but he could be. It's Eli Eli or Eli Tolvanen or Toivinen from Nashville. Tell us a little bit about him. So this one was probably the most interesting one for me. Um, I think the biggest reason was is no one knows who he is. You know, you think of Nashville. Who do you think of? Ryan Johansson, Matt Duchesne, Roman Yossi. You, know, you got all these big name guys. No one knows who this guy is. Rocco Grimaldi. Yeah, like you, nobody knows who he is. But one of the things, the I think probably the biggest reasoning for me on his, the list is, you know, he's only he's averaging one point four points per game. Mm-hmm. Um, he started to pick it up because he's getting consistent ice time because their forwards that they have now aren't doing anything clearly the team isn't very winning very often so they're changing it up and he's becoming consistent in the lineup well getting 1.4 points he's not going to be a oh i'm going to keep him all the time he's not going to be like on my team i have patrick kane he's not going to be a patrick kane level guy and you keep in all the time that's right. he's more of a staple of okay well it's a slow day but nashville's one of the teams that are playing throw him in the lineup Okay, fine. Um, the biggest reason why I threw him on this compared to that stuff is he's on 3.6% of rosters. Nobody has him picked up. And it's one of those things that if you just need those extra couple points, pick him up. You know, mm-hmm. he, he is going to get you points. So the game tonight, he's sitting at 3.3 points. Or he was sitting at 3.3 points. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, that's good. He got a goal tonight, but past that, it's about every third game he does really well. You know, it's 3.3 points, then zero, then 0.4, 1.8, And, you know, you're going through, and it's if you can kind of look at the history of him, you can kind of tell, and then depending on who he plays, what teams he does well against, what teams he doesn't, you can kind of figure out who you want to throw him in against and stuff like that to – get you that extra two points or something that might put you over the top for the week. Yeah. 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 Well, there's, there's your, there's Alex's sleepers for the midseason awards uh, for now. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to have a lot more sleepers to, to come in the, in the next couple of weeks as the, as the, both the NHL season starts to ramp up uh, with the, with the, uh, with the pretty much the halfway point through most teams, this for the, most teams this season, uh, this is a quick score line right now. Uh, as of right, good uh, quick scores. Uh, Wash, uh, I'm sorry, Philadelphia and the Rangers are headed to overtime, tied at four. Uh, at the end of the second, Montreal is leading Winnipeg three to one. That's a surprising score. To- Tyler Toffoli, he scored his 16th goal. Uh, Joey Anderson's got his, his 11th. Uh, Kyle Connors got his 13th of the season. Uh, end of the first period, Oilers and Flames battle, battle of Alberta. I know Jason and his wife are watching. Hi, Jason. <laughs> there's, a, there's a scoreless tie in the first period. Uh, previous finals, Predators beat the Lightning 4-1. Uh, Panthers beat the Blackhawks. They double up 6-3. Alexander Barkov, one goal, two assists, a plus one. Penguins over the Bruins, 4-1. Uh, Evgeny Malkin with a goal and assist there. Uh, Tristan Jari, 42 saves in the win with the win. Wow. Uh, final in overtime, can, uh, Vancouver beat Ottawa three to two. Tyler, uh, I'm sorry, T- Thatcher Demko, 44 saves in the win with the win. Uh, Jacob Decord, uh, 25 saves in the loss. 
he's picking up the slack in the goal, between the between the pipes for Ottawa. Uh, as we mentioned before, Cal, uh, Washington blanked the the Sabers six nothing, and coming up in a few minutes, Sharks at Golden Knights. Blues and Kings were postponed, not for the reason you think, only because Los Angeles, the Kings are currently stuck in Denver after uh, Blizzard. <laughs> so they're currently stuck in Denver. They couldn't make it back for the t- game on time. That game will be up in the future, but they're going to host six in a row at the Staples Center. All right. So I think we're going to wrap things up for tonight, Alex. Uh, anything else to add before we sign off? No, I not much. You know, it's... If you're wanting to get into the fantasy world, if you have questions or anything, you feel free to hit me up on Twitter. I will happily answer as much as I can. Get get in touch with Ryan also. You know, we try and know as much as we can. Yep. There's Alex's uh, (laughs) look down below here. We got there. You got both our Twitter sign ons. I'm at who is Ryan MCC. Alex is at a nuddles underscore CBJ. Uh, Belly up fantasy. I believe it. I believe our. Twitter handle for Belly Up Fantasy is at Belly Up Fantasy. So if you got hockey questions or any other Belly Up or or any other fantasy questions for basketball, baseball is coming up. Football free agency is going to turn things on its head in different places. So check out our fantasy channel at Belly Up Fantasy. Go to BellyUpFantasySports.com for articles. Uh, we've got articles about uh, basketball. Uh, baseball is coming up again pretty soon. We also got uh, gaming picks, parlays, all that all that fun stuff that I don't know anything about in terms of gaming. <laughs> so that being said, uh, Alex, actually, Alex, why don't you go ahead and plug your podcast real quick? Yeah. You guys can find me over at the cannons and Tomahawks podcast. You can find that on Twitter at cannon Hawks pod. You can also find me on my other podcast at CBJ after the blast. And you can find that at CBJ blast. And then again, as we said already, you can find me a nuttle underscore CBJ on Twitter. Hit me up. Tell me the blue jackets are bad. And I will tell you, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> all right and i'm ryan mccarthy i am the head of hockey content here at bellyupsports.com um, i also have a, a, a live show on most fridays called around for the weekend alex alex was on on this past saturday i did a special sat- saturday show post-workout show that was yep, fun that um, was. i'm also doing so i also have no credentials required which was my podcast but uh, i'm doing some restructuring with that i'm going to try to corner the capital district new york market in terms of podcasting and covering pro and college sports there. So lots of changes to come there. Uh, but again, uh, we've got other fantasy sports podcast uh, shows, live shows streaming during this week. Uh, basketball is coming at you on Thursday, I believe. And I think tomorrow is football. Uh, we usually stream every, every other week. I know fantasy football is starting to pick things up again because of NFL free agency and basketball picking things up with the NBA season going on. And of course, March madness starts this week too. Yeah. So, That'll be that'll be fun. You got you got a bracket filled out there, Alex, or nah? I don't. I have barely watched anything. I've been too yeah. focused on hockey the last seven years. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know I know we have at least one uh, college basketball podcast, which is our score, which is the Score Zag Score podcast. Uh, I know Andy from that podcast. He's particularly excited because Gonzaga is the number one overall seed. So, yep. and they're predict and they're predicted to win the entire thing. So nice. Uh, in the meantime. For Alex, I'm Ryan. We're signing off. Have a great night, and may all your fantasy sports come true.